Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. Brand new episode this week, Chargers tight end Virgil Green is my guest. And what's cool about this conversation is we taped it about 24 hours before the Chargers beat the Bills 31-20 in Buffalo. It's a fun conversation to listen to, especially when you consider the game that Virgil had. Three catches, 55 yards. I thought his answers on Saturday were very reflective in his performance on Sunday. So without further ado, here's Virgil Green. All right, welcome to episode three of Backstage Chargers, coming to you from an undisclosed hotel in Buffalo. I'm here with my guy, Virgil Green, tight end of the Chargers. Virgil, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing very well, man. So let's set the scene for these people. We're, we're doing this on a Saturday. Bunch of video games for you today, huh? Yeah, you know, getting some gaming in, trying to relax, take my mind off football a little bit, um, you know, because tomorrow... Your mind has to just be straight football, nothing else. And uh, playing the video games just helped my mind relax. Is that something that you've done throughout your career just to kind of stay stay relaxed on the road? Absolutely. You know, uh, I get a chance to compete outside of football. And uh, it's a different, you know, I'm playing NBA 2K right now. So um, going back to my first love, which was basketball, and live out my, my dreams through the through the Xbox. Hooping, hooping through the Xbox. Hooping you, through the Xbox. And you do this against your boys too, back east or, play, or back or uh, back in Denver. Yeah, I play with them, so we're on the same team. It's five of us, so you got to have a, a roster, a full team, not a full team, but you got to have at least five guys. You need a point guard, shooting guard, though. You know, and you're all on the same squad. On the same squad, and we're playing against other people in the world. Hold on, man. Okay, I, I'm I'm aging myself right now because I used to play Madden. I used to play 2K back in the day. So now everybody's on one team. I mean, there's game modes that you can do that, and that's the game mode that me and my buddies find to be the most fun. Uh, just putting together a team, seeing what we can do. Typically, we like to have all shooters run a five out. Yeah, a point guard who's a playmaker who can get to the rim, pass it out. What t- what teams do you run with? Um, so I don't really run with teams just because I play so much on the the my career thing. Yeah, running with my guys, uh, but I am a Laker fan. I've been a Laker fan since I was a kid. Um, you know, in the last few years, haven't been so well. And it's uh, about to change, Virgil. Hopefully, you know LeBron <laughs> come in change. there. That's the only way. It's a it's a win for me. All right, so take me back to that. So you, your first love was basketball. Absolutely. Wow. So the Lakers. When did you start to become a Laker fan? And and who? What era was that? Was that Shaq Kobe? Shaq Kobe and uh, I always tell people Kobe's the one who taught me how to be a competitor. Just watching how he was on the court. Um, there's nobody like him. There, there's not too many like him. Um, the way he competes, he's trying to get as many points on you as he can, if he can. And uh, as a competitor, that's what you want. You want a guy that's going to uh, take over when he has to take over. Yeah, he, he wants to crush the competition. It, it's not just about competing. It's about dominating. Exactly, and that's what I'm all about too. Isn't it funny that he's got a, a studio in the, the same – place where the Chargers are? I'll tell you this. Have you seen him? I haven't seen him, but if I were to see him, I might lose my mind. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to. He was that him. guy for you, huh? He was that guy for me, yes. I worked at the Lakers 
from 06 to 15. So it was nine of Kobe's last 10 years. I remember my first year there, Kobe had that stretch in April where he had, you remember he had like five straight 50-point yeah, games? Yeah. Like, willed that team to the playoffs. That was a team, it was like Smush Parker, yeah. Chris Mim. It was before Pau Gasol. <clears throat> and he willed that team to the playoffs. And I remember all the good times, those those three straight finals, and Pau Gasol was yeah. there. But I'll never forget that one stretch because that, I think that just shows you how unbelievable he was to carry a team. Yeah. It's a, I mean, that's what it's 50 times five. That's, that's 250 points yeah. in like a week. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So – all right, take me through pregame routines and, and just kind of what your routine is on the road. You you, you want to kind of kick back on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. What's game day like? Uh, game day, I get as soon as I wake up, my music is going. What do you listen to? Uh, I listen to a wide ver- a variety of things. Uh, my favorite artist is his name is Absol. He's from Carson, California. Um, nice. I'm a huge big fan of his. Uh, listen to some. I got some. Uh, I just started listening to some marshmallow. Uh, the uh, what do they call it? I didn't it? know who he was until a couple months it, ago. What man. is that? EDM. Yeah. Some electric. <laughs> I like to get that. Dun, dun, yeah. Get that. You know, going through my head. Get my body going. Get my some electricity going through. How my long body. has marshmallow been in the mix? I have no idea. I just honestly, somebody I saw somebody posted something about their music maybe a year ago, and. I said, let me see what they're about. Yeah. And I started listening to that. It's pretty good. I listened to some Incubus. I listened to Six Sad Little World before every game um, by Incubus. Usually I watch the Red Rocks um, performance on YouTube just because if you've never seen that performance by Incubus, that Red Rocks performance of Six Sad Little World is ridiculous. Does that get you hyped? It gets me going, yes. Yeah. I could go on and on about the music I listen to because uh, I am a music head, but those are the main things that I, I run through every single Sunday. So Red Rocks, I mean, when you were at Denver, did you ever go up to Red Rocks? I went to a few concerts up there. Uh, it's a great experience uh, in terms of going to a concert. Um, you can see the city behind the stage. Uh, you know, a few times I've been there, you can see a full moon. Uh, it just, it's gorgeous it's, up there. It's beautiful. I think I saw bear up there, too. I, so when I was I, I was telling you, I was in Denver for like six weeks during training camp a couple of years ago, and my wife and I went up there. And, I mean, Red Rocks is just the the nature up in Colorado, man, from Boulder to Red Rocks. It's just it's like unlike anything yeah, else, really. It is. Um, so you made that transition from Denver to L.A. Uh, what's this year been like for you? Uh, it has. It's just been just that a transition um it was a change that i needed i felt like uh being in denver for so long i was i got comfortable and i needed to get outside of my comfort zone and uh you know the offense it's not a huge change from what i've been used to over the years uh but there are some differences um different pieces different characters and uh i've enjoyed my journey of getting to know these guys and uh, trying to earn their respect, earn my coaches' respect, and uh, show them that I want to be here, I want to compete, and I want to win. Absolutely. And this tight ends room, I mean, since you've been here, Virgil, it's been up and down in that, you know, you were there with Hunter. Hunter got hurt. Hunter looks good, by the way, moving up and down the field. We saw him a couple days ago. But um, Hunter, unfortunately, down for the year. Then Antonio comes in the mix a couple Mm -hmm. weeks 
ago, right, right before the season yeah. started. What's it been like in, in that tight ends room now that Antonio's in the mix? You feel like you got a, another teacher. You got the Zen master in the room, you know. Any questions we have, we ask, you know, what are you thinking when you see this look? And he knows everything. And not only does he know, you know, what he's seeing out there, he knows what Phil sees out there because the chemistry that they've had over the years is – They've been doing it for so long. Yeah, you, you, you're you not going to find that too many other places. So he kind of lets us know what Phil is thinking. And – um it's just great to hear his mind, and we've kind of started trying to add some of the things that he does to our routes and things like that. That's great. Yeah. So right off the top, I mean, this is an opportunity to, to learn from one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Of all time. And, and I guess you're, you're in year eight, but you never stop learning. Ever, ever. You never do. All right, a quick break and then more with Virgil Green. You're listening to the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. The Chargers' new home, L.A. Stadium at Hollywood Park, is taking shape. And fans, this is your chance to get in on the action that starts in 2020. The stadium experience, indoor-outdoor design, and world-class amenities are all groundbreaking, along with the see-through roof and 70,000-square-foot dual-sided video board. The new L.A. Stadium speaks to what it means to be an Angelino, and your Los Angeles Chargers want you to be part of it all. Visit FightForLA.com. That's FightForLA.com today for more information. Rivers under center. Gordon in the backfield. Here comes the blitz. Rivers over the middle of the field. Has Virgil Green. Stiff arm to the 15. Now at the 13 before he is dragged down by Micah Hyde. It's a 25-yard gain over the middle. Rivers to Virgil Green. Phillip, you got to be one of... I didn't look this up. I should have beforehand. But you got to be one of the few that's ever caught passes from both Philip Rivers and Peyton Manning, yeah. right? What's the difference like of those guys? I mean, obviously, two first ballot Hall of Famers. Peyton, you were there from that one year where he just went nuts. Uh, what was it like playing with Peyton? Uh, you know, it was great. Very smart, very bright, all about football. Um, it seems like there's never a break from football. I can remember, you know, flying back from games, getting back at home at 4 in the morning, and he's watching film at 4 o'clock in the morning of our next opponent. Mm. It's like, bro, just give it a rest for a little bit. Just give your minds time to think, but not with him. And that's what makes him, you know, one of the best of all time. And uh, Philip, you know, it, when I came here, I felt like I was still in the same room with the same person. You know, the way they talk about you know, protections, the way they talk about route concepts, the things that defenses are doing. Um, eerie, it seems like. It, it, it is eerie. And you're not going to – when you get a quarterback like that, it just makes everything feel so easy. You know, like um, you can – you don't want to relax, but you understand that he's got the keys, he's taking us somewhere, we're just going to let him drive. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, you know, it goes back to what you're saying about Kobe and why you, you grew up idolizing Kobe, just that obsessiveness. And, I mean, those are the guys that are a, a, probably a, a nice parallel at the NFL level. A guy like Peyton, you mentioned, 4 a.m. still watching tape. Phillip knows this offense like the back of his hand. What's it been like, that, that chemistry, and, and just building that with Phillip from the day you started to where you are now? Offset eye, Rivers under center, 14-3 Chargers. Play action. And has his tight end, Virgil Green, breaks two tackles into Buffalo territory outside the numbers to the 30 before Tredavious White brings him down. It's a 23-yard gain. Rivers 
to Virgil Green. You know, like I said, it has been a journey, uh, you know, just to, like I said, I always want to earn the respect of my players, of my teammates and the coaches. So um, it just takes time. Uh, you know, that journey has taken time. Uh, you got to go out there. You got to make the plays. Training camp isn't easy. You're tired. You're hurting. But nobody cares. You got to figure. Doesn't matter, find, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. You got to find a way to make things work, and I feel like I have done that. Um, you know, I feel like the guys understand that I am here to win and do whatever this team needs me to do to win. And I don't care if it is blocking. I don't care what it what it is. Special teams. I just want to win. Well, speaking of blocking, how good did it? feel to look back and watch the tape and see what Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler were able to do almost 300 total yards between the two of them and you know you're blocking that offensive line had a lot to do with that uh it feels good um I felt like for me um as an individual that was one of my better blocking games in a long time and it felt good to to get that uh feeling again putting guys on their back um, I feel like our coaches do a great job of scheming and um, putting us in a situation to make us look good because it's not easy to block. But when your coaches do a great job of calling the plays and um, studying our opponent throughout the week, they put us in a good situation for us to look good when we're doing those things. So um, it did feel good. I wish we would have came out with the win, obviously. Um, but I think we're on the right track. Uh we can do some great things this year, yeah. and uh, we just got to stay consistent and uh, come out with W. Disappointing to lose, but you see all the weapons that you guys have. You know, Keenan Allen, Tyrell, Travis, Mike, yourself. You got those running backs, and you got the trigger man is Philip Rivers. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that Philip said that I thought was so interesting during training camp, he, he said that there was like a play in training camp where he. He threw an interception, and, and it was just miscommunication with Keenan. But he said later in the day, he had like a 10-yard reception. It's kind of a routine play, but he's like, man, that was a breakthrough for me and yeah, Virgil. Yeah. Um, so it, it just seems like the, the last few weeks, I mean, you guys are continuing to, to build that rapport. Yeah, um, you know, we are. And uh, I think throughout the year, it's just going to keep getting better and better, especially watching Antonio and uh, – like I told Antonio, I'm stealing all your stuff. You know, all your little moves, everything you Why do, not? <laughs> just know that I'm stealing it. And it was kind of funny today. We were watching film, and um, Antonio ran a, a route, and the way he ran it, I immediately knew later in practice when I had that route I was going to do the same thing, and I did do the same thing, and he kind of looked at me. I said, yeah, I took that. I got it. I took well, that. It, well, why not, though? Yeah. I mean, if, if that's how, how Philip has seen it, yeah. you know, why not take exactly. a page out of that book? Exactly. So the Rams are coming up, Coliseum, and I was looking at the roster. I was looking at the defensive coordinator, a guy you know very well, mm -hmm. Wade Phillips, another guy you know very well, and Aqib Tlaib. First of all, with Wade, man, Wade's hip. How how does Wade connect with this younger generation as well as he does? You know, I, I've tried to figure that out, uh, too. Um, I don't know. I just think he likes to communicate with his players. He knows how to um, get guys to play hard for him. Um, he has a lot of respect for the players, and uh, the players, you know, uh, reciprocate that respect. Uh, 
I think he listens to what the players – a lot of times you get coaches, especially coaches that have been doing this as long as, as Coach Phillips, you get those guys and they're kind of, I've been doing it this way since whatever, 19-whatever. And I don't think that's how Coach Phillips is. He, you know, what do you guys like to do? You know, what do you guys like to run? And re players respect that because they're the ones out there doing it. They, they know and understand that, yeah, you've been doing this for a long time, but the game has changed. The athleticism of guys has changed. And we're the ones out there. We think this will work, Coach. And they put that together. And I think that's why he's had so much success over the years. Um, he just trusts his players. He plays to their strengths. Exactly. Right? You get a guy like Marcus Peters, who I know you've seen the last uh, several years in the AFC West. You got him and, and Tlaib. Uh, what makes those two cornerbacks so tough? Well, I know, speaking for uh, Akib, I've watched him work. And Every day in practice. In practice. And the amount of film he watches, he spends a lot of time watching film. Um, you know, he really... When we were in Denver, he led those corners, you know, made them, let's get in here and watch film, you know, so they would know and understand what was what was happening and what was coming. So I think for those guys, just watching film and trusting your technique, if you ever watch a key play especially, his technique is sound. Mm -hmm. He has great technique, and um, he plays hard. He's a competitor too. He wants to win, and I think that's what uh, – separates him from a lot of other corners in the league. Wade Phillips' defense, uh, what's the hardest part about playing against that, that group? You know, I think what's going to be the hardest part is, uh, well, this year is not buying into the names that they have on that roster. Because even this offseason, when I was seeing who they uh, – they got him, 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 yeah. him, him. It's like – Sue, we got Donald. Goodness. We got, yeah, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. So – uh, you got to get past that. And, you know, when you, I watched that game last week they had against the Raiders, and the Raiders were moving the ball, you know, up and down the field early on in the first half. So uh, at the end of the day, every team has good defensive players. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, trusting the, uh, the plan that the coaches put in that week and going out there and executing it and not caring. I don't care if you – know the play we're running. We got to execute. You got to execute. Who's going to win? And that's what it boils down to. Well, you know, too, Virgil, it's it's not like basketball either where you got a bunch of named guys. Like, you know, when you when you assemble these super teams in Golden State or Miami, I mean, you know it's like, all right, they're going to the finals. Yeah. It don't work that way in football. No. I mean, you have to have all 11 guys on the same page. You have to have depth behind those guys, yeah. and you have to execute the game plan. So we, we could talk about Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, Sue, Donald, all you want, but collectively those guys have to come together. Exactly. Um, you know, like you said, you do have to have – I think the most important thing, you have to have depth because somebody's going to get a nick, a bruise, get hurt, go down. And if that happens, uh, you got to have a guy that's ready to step in there and have no drop-off. So, and, uh, you know, we spoke a little bit earlier about Hunter. That's how – when that situation came – you know, people asking me, how you feeling? I'm good, you know. That's what this league is all about. You know, a guy gets hurt. We don't want it to happen. I pray he has a, a, a safe recovery, a successful recovery. But at the end of the day, I got to do my job. 
and uh, I got to go out there and compete, and that's why I love this game. Yeah, that's just the reality of this business, and mm-hmm. it, it's hard. You, I mean, if you could, you'd love to take a take some time and reflect on it, but I mean, this this league moves so quickly, and yeah. you know, week one, I tell you what, everybody react or overreacts rather to like the first few weeks of the season. Um, in your experience, just playing the last eight years, how much has the game changed in that? Like, I, I really feel like you can't properly assess and evaluate a team until you get into October because of the amount of padded practices that you guys have yeah. in the off season and just how, you know, frankly, a lot of people don't play as much in preseason mm-hmm. as they used to. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, last year, I'm speaking of when I was in Denver, things started out well. Um, I don't exactly remember what the record was. But well, it started against the Chargers in that yeah, opener, right? It started well, and then after that, after our bye week, it just went downhill. And um, didn't you guys beat the Cowboys by like thirty points? We de- demolished the demolished Cowboys. them. Yes. And then after that, you never saw that team again. So why um, was that? You know, I I think having the bye week that early because we had an early bye week. I think guys got complacent, came back, thought we were just going to go put the same stuff on film, and that's not what happened. Um, you got to come back. You got to be eager to work, eager to get better. And I think guys just got complacent, and uh, it was not good. Mm. It was not good. Difficult season to, to go through that towards the back half, I have to imagine. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, I've been in playoffs every year that I've been in the league except the last my last two years in Denver. And uh, that's the reason why you play this game. I mean, yeah, we get paid well. We make great money, but – to me, it's not satisfying unless you have an opportunity to compete for a ring. Yeah, and uh, you know, I have I have a Super Bowl uh, ring from Super Bowl Fifty, and once you get one, you just want more. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's all I want now. Yeah, well, so it's a good way to end because you talk about that. That's probably a big reason why you're here is because you've had that playoff experience, mm-hmm. you had that Super Bowl experience. Based on what you've seen in this locker room on both sides of the football, uh, what is this team capable of in, in 2018, Virgil? Uh, I think we can push, you know. Um, obviously, like I said, like we've talked about um, today, you got a quarterback that can lead the ship. Um, you got the pieces he needs around him. The defense is, is – you know, they have amazing potential, and we don't even have one of the best players out there right now. Mm. Um, special teams, young guys are buying in. They work hard. Uh, I feel like this team has the discipline and the competitive nature to compete if we can get to that point. Um, but, you know, like uh, Phillip said last week, this is a, a 16-leg race, and uh, – we got 15 more legs, and we got to find a way to win each one of those legs. It's only a couple teams that have gone undefeated. So, yeah. Virgil, I appreciate you letting me barge in and stop your 2K for a little bit, yeah, a man. Little bit. You got to get back to it to get your mind off of football for a day. Can't thank you enough for joining us, and we'll, uh, we'll see you here this week, man. Yes, sir. Pleasure. And that'll do it for the third episode of the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. Now, this is a brand new podcast, so we need your help to move this up the charts on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a rating and review. Help spread the word. This podcast posts every Tuesday, and be on the lookout for Chargers Weekly each Thursday. This week, we'll get you ready for the L.A. Rams as the Chargers do battle across town. 
Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.